1994, I said that devised theatre can start from anything. It's determined and defined by a group of people who set up an initial framework or structure to explore and experiment with ideas, images, concepts, themes or specific stimuli that might include music, text, objects, paintings or movement. And that's it really, because devised and devising theatre is about starting from anything. And for me, that was certainly when I wrote this book uh, and my own devising work before that was the excitement was in that it could be anything. And of course now I think that devising has become so commonplace that there's nothing that people, you know, it's just part of the theatrical language. And I was interested in uh, noting that there are 28 pages on the internet under Arts Council funded devising theatre companies. And that says a lot, I think. Um, so it's the opportunity to collaborate, although you can devise single-handedly, as I myself have done in the past, um, but it's really about collaborating with other people and sharing an experience where you create something together uh, that is unique and also relevant to every single person in that group process. The process of devising can be part of so many different kinds of theatrical experiment and product from outdoor events, um, pieces of work that we might call live art or physical theatre, visual theatre. I mean there are so many titles and it's interesting um, that those still are there which have been going for some decades now. Um, and that it can be used, for example, in relation to, if I think of the National here a few years ago, um, the wonderful production of The Power Book by Deborah Warner, directed by Deborah Warner, but devised and adapted from Jeanette Winterson's uh, novel, of course. So that was a process which, why I've picked that out immediately, is because there the, all the people in the team, and I call them a team, were part and parcel of that making process that led to what we eventually see in the auditorium. It's very difficult, I think, to say the history of devised theatre began in, you know, and give you a time frame exactly, because I think it's back to how you define devised theatre. But, I mean, I would say, you know, Commedia dell'arte is an example of devised theatre in some respects, and you might even, you know, if we challenge the idea that Shakespeare's the single authored playwright and he actually worked in a company where you know other people contributed ideas and then he wrote them I mean you know there's lots of arguments about that so I think historically it's definitely before I wrote my book without a doubt but maybe it's just that it hadn't been really called that um, and I mean it's certainly in my book I sort of pick out really the 60s as a bit of a turning point because of, you know, theatre censorship changing, because of um, theatre in education developing, 
actor training, which um, was changing and and a whole obviously society at that time with you know everything being free and open. So there's lots of reasons, but that's certainly where I pitched it uh, in terms of the 20th century. And that development was really, I think, as well about a response and a reaction to what was going on um, at the time, economically, socially and so on. Politically, of course, there's a lot of political theatre. It was also in the 70s, the development of feminism. And we had the fabulous uh, company Monstrous Regiment. Um, and it was an opportunity there for, for to look at women's theatre and so on. In terms of companies that are operating now that are devised theatre companies, what is fantastic is that where, you know, in the 80s and up to writing that book, um, I know the things that really excited me. But even though um, I've my research has gone in other directions as well since then, I still have felt quite fired by some of the company's work that I've looked at. There's a company called Analog, and they have been described, I think, in 2011 by The Observer as, um, you know, Britain's bright young things. Um, but what I was very fascinated by in their work is the way that they have been able to engage with other disciplines. They have done some sort of cross-form projects with neuroscience, with um, histopathology, with 3D computer-aided uh, modelling, that sort of thing, all very interesting and exciting. And for me, that is where the devising process is brilliant for... Um, bringing different disciplines together and also it's it's a fantastic learning experience because if you don't know anything about any of those subjects you sure will by the end of it and why why should why not um, and then there are other companies who there's a company called, I think it's called Curious Directive and their work is different but it is still they are fascinated by devising work but through the particular lens of science. And again, we know that um, science and art, we know all the debates, they've been so separate and they've come together more and more. And that's a great way to make people think about things um, from both perspectives, instead of always doing, are you art or are you science? But, um, you know, there's a possibility for that. The thing that brings all the work together, though, of current companies, which are good and, and great to go and see, and for young people, if I, if I was a young person thinking, well, who should I go and see? A company that's innovative, that is doing something that for them certainly seems different, can only be a good thing because surely the power of theatre, whatever you go and see, is about when you come out and you say, that was amazing and you want to talk about it because it is making you talk and communicate about what matters in the world because with devised theatre, to go back to me saying it can start from anything, it can address anything that's going on in the world. I think that why devised theatre has suddenly, you know, captured people's thinking and of course we know there's austerity and People, you know, don't have very much at the minute and it's really tough. There's no question about that. There is something about the simplicity of that process, about just sharing with other people, talking, communication. 
looking at issues that really bother you. It's almost going back to giving a kind of opportunity to be a bit more risky, to perhaps really hang up what the issues are. What do you know, what do you want to make a piece of devised theatre about? And why do you want to do that? And for me, I would think it's to have a voice. And that is really always been for me what it's been about. It's having a voice. It's about listening to other people's voices, what they've got to say, to hopefully changing your thinking a bit about what you first thought about something because you've listened to another's perspective. And maybe people are in a mood for a bit more of that because everything at the minute in 2013 is so boxed up signed and sealed before we've even done the doing you know all the 500 page reports on this that and the other but it's the making it's the doing that is what we want there are still people um who uh, we're going to think you know what we used to call and probably still do call the oxbridge culture you know it's still there there is that whole history of what directing is and what being a director is and it's also in a framework of what we mean by traditional theatre, which actually, more importantly, is probably like the theatre building. Um, and in many ways, as I spoke of devised work, you know, in the 70s and so on, um, it was often associated with outdoor events, with street theatre, with um, outside buildings. Um, and that's where actually... The shed is brilliant in a sense because it is off the National Theatre building but it is part of it. So that is, that's a, a lovely image in itself. Um, but I think that therefore there is still obviously a little bit of suspicion, a little bit of prejudice perhaps about that notion and concept of devised theatre. There's always been that sort of division that somehow, as I described earlier, the woolly animal, but, you know, devised theatre is just about a lot of words or images or music. Um, but actually, you know, devised theatre can be a script that somebody's written if it's completely come out of a whole process where, um, at the start, nobody quite knew what the product was going to be. Um, and... I suppose, you know, the writer, the, particularly the playwright, um, is always been seen as a very, um, you know, superior person within the whole context of traditional theatre because the playwright writes the thing that is then interpreted and then directed. Um, and in that sense, you know, um, the actors were very much, you know, the people that carry that out. And one thing I do think about now that's very different is I think that actors are far more empowered and the part of that is because actor education has changed a lot because, you know, we're not just training to speak nicely and voice production and that sort of thing. And we've got a real diversity of actors from very different training backgrounds. Um, there are far more degrees in theatre. There's all sorts of ways in, you know, and that, that that's a great thing. Um, and if the actors... Of feeling empowered you know that they're, they're going to be talking on an equal level with the writer and the director and that's where a director like Philida Lloyd um, who I have massive admiration for um, she's fantastic because she is so open to that process she knows what she would like but she's so open to it and you know 
treats people, you know, absolutely fairly, equally and so on. There were companies previously who rowed a lot about authorship because if you were truly democratic um, and a collective, the words were devised by the company, regardless of who had inputted in whatever way. And then I think as we went through the 80s into the 90s, there was much more sense of specialisation of roles. So then you would get an acknowledgement, perhaps, of who the writer was. I mean, I can think of a company like Forced Entertainment, for example, and how eventually Tim Etchell's, you know, was very much the writer of the piece. That's just one example, but I think that people within the company were then cited with very specialised roles, um, whereas certain other companies, it, it remained devised by the company. And I suppose in the end, it's not just the writer, it's not just the director. In any production, I mean, it is the lighting designer or, you know, nowadays the video projections, whatever the things are. And I've always believed that they are all important. And what I particularly liked when I was writing the book was the whole notion that everybody could contribute in a way that contributed something to make the whole. And for me, that still is very important. And it's not like an opposite to what we might call directed theatre, as though there's the director and perhaps the playwright, and then there's this group, because it, it, that would be a ridiculous kind of image. Uh, you know, there is... Um, uh, a blurred boundary of both to make some fantastic work.